This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. Public works is, in many ways, the cornerstone of city government. Infrastructure and sanitation are among the core services that define a city. In this episode, I spoke with Chattanooga's new director of public works, Tom Hutka. We talk trash, sewage, and of course, potholes. This episode of Chattanooga Civics is sponsored by Juicy Rhino, a podcast documenting the strange but true story behind all those spam job ads for shady marketing companies that regularly pop up around Chattanooga and across the country. Juicy Rhino unravels the world of multi-level marketing, investigating the cult-like strategies used to recruit and retain new hires, and exploring how the same company sheds its bad reputation and recycles itself over and over and over. Juicy Rhino is a serious investigation, but it plays like a dark comedy and it's a blast to listen to. You can find it on all major podcast platforms. I'd also like to thank my Patreon sponsors, especially the Marks Family and Stephen Culp. Yes, so I'm Tom Hutka. I'm the city of Chattanooga's new public works administrator. Um, my my background basically I go all the way back to high school and came from a blue collar family where cousins brother sister I were the first generation that had an opportunity to go to college and had time in high school to see that coming and say hmm what do I want to be <clears throat> what shall I do with that great opportunity and it's going to sound horny, and I'll apologize in advance. But um, then, and now, and all the years in between, it's been, for me, helping people and protecting the environment. But back in those early years, I said, hmm, so what do I study, and what, do I, what profession do I take on? And I, I realized even then that local government is really where things get done. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've had opportunity to work for the federal government. Uh, even at one point, the TVA and I were interviewing. And I just never, I, 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 it wasn't the right fit for me. And when you look at your city, county government, uh, some of the agencies, local agencies, that's where really things get done. That's where uh, people's lives are most affected. That's where we're uh, running a wastewater plant, keeping the rivers clean, uh, working through all the issues that affect people in their day-to-day life. And then the next step is, okay, what do I study? And traditionally, people in uh, city management came out of engineering. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was probably born an engineer. My uh, parents and my wife say that even without studying engineering, I would have been an engineer by, by nature. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was math and science guy and, and I studied civil engineering and learned uh, civil engineering now is about 30 different professions. Mm-hmm. And as an engineer, Nathan, you know that. Yes. And, and in my career, I've watched people who specialized in water and wastewater become only water or, or wastewater and only treatment or only the uh, collection or distribution system. And it's all become very specialized. And I worked really hard to learn 
lots of different sides of civil engineering, a lot of technical experience. And then I went to, to I went to graduate school to study everything that did not look like engineering. <laughs> Because I was slotted, and also I didn't. I wanted to work at, at, at bigger issues, and so I studied finance, and I studied um, public administration, of course, and I studied land planning, and then I went straight to work on Wall Street. <laughs> um, not too far afield, because I worked for Standard and Poor's, rating municipal bonds, and particularly I was in their utilities section, uh, rating. Uh, revenue bonds for water, wastewater, solid waste, and, and electrical. Um, and then took the big plunge, the final goal. I had a wild idea of, of not working in government until I had a lot of technical expertise to bring to the table. So then I, I worked, and, and along the way I've worked for a wide range of local governments. Um, worked for the city of Cleveland, Ohio, the other Cleveland, and, 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 and was part of the team that sparked their, their fantastic, their miracle renaissance. In uh, Cleveland has been bringing in tourists, bringing in uh, headquarters uh, for multinational businesses, uh, opening up um, uh, all kinds of entertainment venues downtown. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And then at the other end of the scale, I've worked for extremely high growth areas, including Florida, some of the highest growth areas in the country. One of them was um, Osceola County, south of Orlando. It's Kissimmee. It includes half of Disney World. And it includes the City of Celebration, uh, which I worked closely with them to help develop the City of Celebration, uh, overseeing planning and zoning and engineering and public works, of course. So a wide range of cities. Um, and really a diverse background. Um, in, just in City Hall, I've worked up to and including city manager position. Uh, I've worked for consulting firms over time, so I understand uh, how the contracts work and how best we can use um, private companies in helping us get our mission done. But by design, worked in lots of different areas with the intent of bringing all that different experience back to City Hall and help the community in a better way. Great. So you've got a very wide range of experience, a lot of different markets that you've been in, public and private. So what interested you in, in this particular role here in Chattanooga? Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's funny. So I, I got married a little late in life and it was uh, 30, 31. No, I wasn't. I was 33. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I told my uh, wife-to-be, I said, you know, I think we can scrape together money to go and honeymoon anywhere you want, your choice. I had traveled more than she had. And I said, you know, even if we don't get too expensive, maybe backpack or something, maybe even go to Europe. And my wife picked this area hmm. um, from Florida. She and my stepdaughter are Florida natives. Um, many, many, many generations, some of the first uh, European stock settling in, in Florida. And um, she wanted to go to the southern Appalachian Mountains. And, and since then, whether we were living north of here or living south of here, uh, we vacationed here a lot. And, and sooner or later, I always saw it coming. My wife would tug on my sleeve and say, why don't, why don't we just get jobs here? 
we spend a yeah. fortune coming here on vacation. Oh, why don't we just get jobs here and stay here? And so for, for us, it's been a lifelong ambition. I started my career in North Carolina and used to split my time um, in, in the Raleigh area and used to split my time between the mountains and the beaches and uh, been trying to get back to the mountains ever since. And, and here we are. So it's it's fantastic opportunity for us. But along the way, I, I saw that a great opportunity to continue um, my my dedication to public service. And um, there are great opportunities with the city of Chattanooga to, to help with economic development and community development and, and, and development and, and, and improvements that affect and, and help every neighborhood, every family, every person. And you know, what, what attracted me more than anything was uh, Mayor Kelly. Uh, Mayor Kelly is the real deal. Uh, he's pulling out all stops and built this fantastic team on his cabinet dedicated to keeping what's great about the city and making improvements where we can. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm definitely on board with that. So exciting times for Chattanooga, and I'm very glad to be part of it. Great. So let's let's talk about your role in particular, the department, and kind of the branches that comprise that department. So I'm trying to think if we should start big and go down or start small and build up. Take your pick. The crescendo. <laughs> I'll probably start, start with the big ones. Uh, lots of moving parts, uh, very typically, um, public works in city governments. At the county level, public works usually means the roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, in city government, it's lots and lots of different things. Yeah. And my last job in Florida was uh, for a larger uh, jurisdiction, but it had all the same parts, and I was there for 11 years. But uh, here in Chattanooga, public works includes our engineering section. We do all of the construction program of all types. Um, uh, whether it's buildings, uh, roads, water, wastewater, uh, oversee streets design and maintenance, uh, oversee um, the wastewater system, mm-hmm. which is all of the wastewater going to Moccasin Bend plant. But that includes we we treat the wastewater coming from the larger metro area out in the unincorporated county. Um, permitting of private development, and uh, stormwater, and then there's some of the smaller things that the public doesn't always see directly, but internal services like facilities and fleet. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of different things, and then if you realize within all those different areas, there are all these different professions also. Uh, you know, you look, as I said earlier, engineering is 30 different professions, right. all expertise, and then we have... Uh, what we used to call draftsmen or draftspeople are now CAD operators. And of course, then we have clerical staff and then we have uh, construction inspectors and project managers, all just within engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our geographic information system, computerized mapping system, and everybody's a technical expert nowadays, particularly in public works. So we have a lot, a lot of different people and a lot of different professionals and we rely on of their expertises. Yeah, so how do you steer such a big ship with so many different pieces? I mean, we're talking about, I don't know, like 10 different divisions that you just mentioned, and they're all 
covering, I mean, they're all related, obviously, because they're all public services in one way or another, but they're, they're covering a lot of very different things. So how does that work? Yeah, and, you know, it's so I, I mentioned earlier, I started my career trying to learn a little of everything, jack of all trades, a master of a few things along the way. And then over time, I realized that all the technical stuff I learned was changing. <laughs> so even the areas where I was had some expertise, so many things changed uh, over time. And, and then again, this whole idea of diversification and expertise and all the different uh, technical areas, uh, I've learned over time, it's, it's, it's good to know enough about some, a lot of the different subjects to, to the level where you know what questions to ask. And you know if you're getting pretty good answers. Hmm. Um, but I've long since given up on being the go-to guy for all the information. And, 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 real, and, and my job is more to make sure that we have all the right people in the right places. To make sure everyone's training to advance in their career and training to keep up with new technologies, new laws, uh, uh, all, the, all the new information. And then make sure everyone's working well together um, and, and know who to go to when we, when we have different issues. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's very much become um, a focus more on leading the team and, and, and making sure that we have all the parts moving. And, mm -hmm. you know, not to, well, I guess uh, to use an over, overworked analogy, it's like uh, your car. If one spark plug isn't firing, your car isn't, isn't right. going to run right. And so you have to make sure all the different pieces are running properly to, to keep your car running. Mm -hmm. So what's been the biggest challenge about running the department? And, and it could be you know something more on the managerial side, like making sure all those pieces are in place, or even just technical challenges, uh, prioritization, policy, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, you know, well, the, the technical challenges are always there. Um, a lot of our work is, is somewhat routine. Um, oh, I didn't, and I, I'm sorry, that's terrible. I didn't mention we also uh, oversee solid waste and recycling. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhat unusual in today's environment, but aren't we, the, the people who pick up your garbage, um, are city staff people. Mm -hmm. We don't contract out to, to a big company. Um, and so I, I, I'm sorry, I failed to mention that earlier. We also oversee solid waste. Um, and, uh, we, a lot, so some of our work is routine, but a lot of our work is something new every day. All kinds of technical challenges. People come in with concerns, uh, things we don't know about, uh, a, a, a different, we have erosion in a new area. We just find out mm -hmm. we have to run out there. And then you know, a lot of people come in with different suggestions and different questions. So there's there's a lot of our work is continuously changing. But the, the one biggest problem, and so making sure we're technically staffed and all, all everything is in the right place is always a challenge, or will always be a challenge, and we, and we rise to meet it. Um, right here, right now, in the city of Chattanooga's Public Works Department, our, our major issue is... Uh, the number of vacancies we have, uh, largely because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. largely because I guess they're already starting to call it the great resignation. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people 
um, have moved on and uh, the city um, well, uh, early in the pandemic a lot of governments were afraid we were going into a recession and that our revenues would go down and put on a hiring freeze and even though our economy wildly shifted we didn't have the um, the recession and the revenues coming into local government stayed pretty stable but we had the hiring freeze and that's and had to recover from that and um, um, with change in administration with uh, new cabinet officers we are have we have a lot of vacancies to fill and I'd like to take the opportunity to uh, put out a call just here in public works we have pretty much every job description that people can imagine mm -hmm. If you're a young person and, um, and, and you, you don't have the resources to go to college, we have opportunities where you can start a career that will last the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, help you get through college with tuition reimbursement um, and in time as necessary. Uh, we have a lot of in-house training, um, a lot of opportunities and then you know we, of course we have the technical positions but we have all types of clerical positions um, from uh, people working counters to secretarial work uh, we have chemists we have truck drivers we have everything you can imagine so pretty much uh, without hesitation I'd say if you have any uh, technical experience any professional experience or would like to start a career and build um, come see us in public works. We have a job for you. Awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, get the link from you after this interview and I'll put it in the show notes and anybody listening can go just click that and kind of browse those jobs. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I should add too is the city is a great place. Um, government's always been good, uh, great benefits, great stability. Uh, just recently, Mayor Kelly led the effort to uh, adjust salaries mm -hmm. so that we're, we, the city had fallen behind in making sure that we were hitting market with the right salaries, and uh, Mayor Kelly led the effort to correct that. So it's a great place to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that was a big effort. I guess last year's budget, I know sanitation, you know, solid waste, I guess it's called here in Chattanooga specifically, but... Um, they had to put recycling on a freeze and it was because we didn't have enough drivers and that was a big push from the from the administration to get all those salaries up to par so it's definitely i, I heard that and that's a, even though we're still looking for good uh, drivers mm -hmm. with cdl licenses mm -hmm. um our our staff took our managers took great took that opportunity and uh we've hired a lot of drivers mm -hmm. in the last few months because of that right yeah Good. So where do you see the most room for improvement in the way that Chattanooga manages all of these different resources? Yeah, uh, you know, there's one area, and I think a, a lot of people in the community don't see it. But um, we talked about the great growth in the area, and, and we expect to see a lot more economic development and community development. Well, unfortunately, right now, as we speak, our, our uh, development review and permitting office is behind schedule, and it's taking longer than we're happy about. And and believe me, I'm not finding fault with them, and I'm not complaining about them. We have really good people working hard to make sure that we get our um, permits properly reviewed, 
that we protect health and safety in the public interest by making sure everyone's building stuff that is safe and healthy and proper. Uh, but it's just taking longer than it should. And, and part of the reason is um, because of the vacancies I mentioned. Hmm. Part of the reason is because of the growth. We're getting record numbers of permits in the door. So we're working through that. We will catch up um, within short time, within a, a handful of weeks. And that'll give us more breathing room, and then we can make institutional and process changes. We can uh, implement a better tracking system. Um, make sure that we have redundancy so that there are no bottlenecks. Um, so that, you know, if, if George calls in sick, we don't have a bunch of plans waiting for George's review sitting on George's desk. Right. That we have backups and George is not a bottleneck. And, and I don't think we have a George down there, and I hope we don't. I'll apologize <laughs> to George if I picked out a name at random and George in, in permitting and saying, why is he picking on me? But uh, I, I tend to do that. George is a fictional character <laughs> who call in sick. Um, but uh, we're, we're making corrections as we're getting help. Uh, we're going to, uh, community, to the uh, consulting community to help us get through the the backlog um, so we can move forward and never have that issue again. But that's that's a major problem. That's where everything kind of came to a head. Mm -hmm. yeah. So one of the things that the Kelly administration's really been focusing on, uh, and it started with, with an ad that I don't think they expected to be as impactful as it was, but Mayor Kelly, when he was still running, mm -hmm. ran an ad of himself filling in a pothole. And this became just like a meme, essentially, and, and you know, you see comments on newspaper articles online of when are we going to fill in the potholes? He promised he'd fill in the potholes. And it, you know, I did an episode a while back about the budget, and, and I've been kind of tracking this, and, and there is movement happening. There's, there's a record amount of money being set aside for street maintenance. Right. And when it gets to you in this department, how is that maintenance prioritized? Um, you know, there, there are a lot of streets in Chattanooga. Everybody seems to think that their street is the worst in Chattanooga and the most in need of repair. Um, so how does the Public Works Department decide what order these things get, get fixed in? And, yeah. and is there any system in place for, for citizens to kind of track that and say, hey, I've been complaining about this street for years, and now it's scheduled to be repaved six months from now. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think it was the second time I met uh, Mayor Kelly in person, and I said, yeah, I kind of have to know, did you have any other television advertisements for your <laughs> campaign? And he very quickly answered, nope, that was it, <laughs> just the one. And... I, I think I responded with something like, well, yeah, all, all, all the different things that the city has to do are pretty much in public works. Um, and, and, and I kind of start there is uh, generically we talk about potholes. But, again, as an engineer, you know that there are a lot of other th bumps in the street. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll go through all those, but they're, they're all the solutions, well, we're not out there alone. A lot of the solutions start in public works. 
and I'll go through this as we go along, specifically about potholes. Um, we are in the budget that the uh, city council just approved yesterday, uh, we're hiring a third pothole crew that will start in the budget that starts uh, uh, as soon as we get get the opportunity after July 1st when the new budget year starts. We're also under the same budget hiring two additional inspectors. Um, we were paving $10 million a year just with local funding. Um, we're starting a program of uh, applying rejuvenator to three and four year old paving projects. Um, that's something new. Uh, if you ever, if you've ever noticed for the non-engineers out there, if you've ever noticed new asphalt goes down and it's black mm -hmm. and they used to call it black top. Um, and then some of the older streets are gray. And then even some of the older ones, you know, they almost be, look like a, a lightish gray, very light gray. Well, what's happening, it's all, it's all the same asphalt. Um, it's all the same mix, but over time, um, things evaporate off. And it's like, it's almost like a bar of soap. You take out the bar of soap and you use it and while it's wet, mm -hmm. it's fine. And then if you let it dry out, it starts cracking. Um, and the rejuvenator goes back and replaces some of the volatiles, some of the, um, the uh, petroleum products that evaporate off of the streets. Mm -hmm and make it crack and make it brittle. And um, it's a wonderful program that uh, we're now instituting to, they call it rejuvenator, and that's exactly what it does, is rejuvenates a lot of the streets, preventative maintenance so right. they don't crack. Um, we also have put together, um, in, in this, I think it's already on the internet, it should be soon, a, uh, a, a map that shows all our upcoming paving projects so that people can go in there and see the paving projects that are coming up soon and coming up for the next couple of years to keep the list going. Um, I'll save, I'll save the big, the big, the, the best news for the end though. Okay. So that's, that's a teaser, uh, a little foreshadowing. Um, what we've also done in just in the last few months, uh, we have a new inspector, pothole inspector that the mayor uh, put in uh, as soon as he took office. And as a result, and a lot of other people we have on the streets, we're proactively inspecting all the streets in the city. Okay, the, the old system, and this is fairly common for a lot of governments, but the old system was uh, someone would call in, make a complaint, uh, and we'd go out and fill a pothole. We'd go on a list and we'd fill a pothole. Well, that's, 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 that's not good enough. What we're doing is going out and not waiting for those calls. Now, we still take the calls. And, and please, just call 311, pothole, erosion, flooding, uh, anything of concern mm -hmm. that we can help with you with at the city. Call 311. Uh, but in addition to that, we're actually going out and inspecting with city staff every single street in the city. And we're mapping it all. And 95, as of now, 95% of all the streets have been inspected in just in the last few months. And 90% of all the potholes we found have been filled. And some of these are old because no one complained about them, so mm -hmm. the city never patched them. But we're going out proactively searching for the potholes and filling them and not waiting for complaints. 
Um, the, uh, the, there's a lot more activity in this time of year. Um, there, there are a lot of places that'll go out in the middle of winter and fill potholes. And it's frankly just a, a bit of a waste of money. Even with some of the new technologies, there, there's temporary patches. You can, if you really know what you're doing and really spend extra for the right mix, uh, you can temporarily patch a pothole in the middle of winter. And we'll do that if it's, if it's a safety concern. But most of the activity is in the warmer weather. Mm. Um, and so you'll see more activity in, nine, in the nine months, uh, spring, summer, and fall. Um, but beyond that, uh, there are a lot of things going on in the street beyond potholes. And we have a lot of utilities under the street. Um, and if they are leaking or if they're failing or if they weren't backfilled properly, it'll be a bump in the road hmm. or a long, continuous bump in the road. We have in this city of mountains, we have a lot of slope failure where the, the side of the road starts falling away. We have streets that, uh, for whatever reason, weren't quite built right and they don't have the right base and they're not, they, we have just flat out simple, they weren't constructed to last and they need to be rebuilt. We have, uh, we have uh, a lot of bumps in the streets are where the utilities will go out, public and private utilities will go out and do repair and they cut a rectangular hole hmm. and either don't properly patch it after they pull the cones away or don't patch it well enough so that it lasts well over time. And so, um, and then we have all, all, all uh, manner of things. Uh, we have streets that aren't even city streets. We have state roads and we have private streets and parking at lots and alleys. There are a couple in continue. We get all kinds of complaints, and we have to keep going back to new people every week and say, "That's a private street. That's not ours." Right. <laughs> and we'll try to tell them who who owns and it. I want to interrupt you real quick, sure, and, and just yeah. ask to you, ask you to explain a little bit more because I think this is something that a lot of people don't realize. But a lot of major streets through Chattanooga are not city streets; they're state. Yes. Roads. So if you could explain, just kind of off the top of your head, what are the big ones that are state roads and then what the implications are for how that's managed and yeah. how those are repaired? Well, obviously, any anything, for the most part, anything with a number on it is a state, state road. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, some federal highway designation, federal highway, interstate is not the federal government, it's the state. And then anything with a number is state road, this or that. So some of the bigger things in the elevated, obviously, I, oh, well, to, to a lot of people, it's obvious. Uh, those are state roads. Mm -hmm. But then even like in downtown Main Street, I'm sorry, Market Street, mm -hmm. is a state road. And the good news there is we were working closely with the state. And I understand it's on their paving list and they're working through the plans to to. To go on the pavement, but we're at the city. We're working very closely with with our associates at Tennessee DOT, uh, the state agency, to make sure everyone's concerns are heard, and that we partner with them and and, and work together on the state roads as well. Um, as far as the utilities under the street and uh, failures or attempts to fix or um, uh, patches that that don't hold. We're being very aggressive in 
and we're just getting started, but we're, we're, we're going to institute a program to make sure that we actually get permits for all of those cuts. We go out there and tell the utility companies or, or agencies, uh, public agencies, uh, including um, uh, stormwater and wastewater, which are in public <laughs> works at the city, but to make sure they're aware of anything that needs repairs, make sure that all the repairs are properly permitted, make sure that the cut is properly patched, and then for the first time ever is to get very serious about the warranty period that we have as part of the permit. So that we go out towards the end of the warranty period with a city inspector, and if the patch isn't properly holding, we can then go to the whoever pulled the permit. And I shouldn't say I'm saying utilities, but also contractors. Somebody builds a house, they cut into the street to connect. Typically, they'll cut into the street to connect water and wastewater right. and electrical. So uh, we're, we're working with contractors and utilities and developers very closely to make sure that we don't end up with a uh, with an unnecessary bump in the street. The one thing that's changed, and this goes back a couple of years, is driven by uh, uh, folks in public works. We put on into city law the requirement that uh, anybody making a cut in the street, public, private, utility, home builder, whoever, anybody making a cut in the street has to repair the entire width of the lane. And if you walk around, take, take a notice. My wife always picks on me when we walk wherever, hometown or on vacation, I'll see stuff in the streets. That is an engineering problem. Yeah, I, I know. I know. And you know, I we'll, can sympathize. We'll wa walk around, let's say Boston, and she'll look at me and she goes, "You're looking at the curbs, yeah. aren't you?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're right there." I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I can't. If I walk, if I look away, I'll trip, right? Um, but anyways, as people walk around, particularly in the downtown, look, and you'll see some of the older cuts are two foot by three foot, or they're a trench. And you can see that already the pavement's starting to crack. It's not, it doesn't make for a smooth ride. Also look for anything that was done in the last two years. They repaired the entire width of the lane. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes for a much better patch and much more, much smoother ride. So we're doing a lot of that. So anyway, to the final word on potholes and streets in general is that all of us are waiting for the federal infrastructure grant program mm -hmm. that uh, they signed into law, oh my goodness, six months ago, to great fanfare. Well, we're waiting for the federal government and the states to, uh, there's an expression, promulgate the regulations and come out with a detail. How do you get this money? Mm -hmm. And we're waiting for that, and it'll, it'll open up a lot of opportunities for the city to um, add more to our capital projects, including stormwater, including streets, including buildings, and parks, and all the good stuff that we do is we will have a pot of money above and beyond what we have through just city revenues to do better things with our capital program. Mm -hmm. That's great. So That's stay great tuned. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If I've learned one thing doing this podcast, it's that nothing is ever quick. There's a lot of this kind of, we've got to wait on this department to do their thing and then we can do our thing, but 
these big programs like this, they trickle down and they, once they hit, it is, it's very good for the city. So. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have to say this is that, um, uh, your podcast doesn't, it probably isn't listened to too many people outside the city or too many people mm -hmm. who don't have an interest in the uh, Chattanooga community. But between the city and the county, I, I want to lead the effort. I want to be, well, I shouldn't say that, I want to be part of the team to make sure we get more than our fair share. <laughs> we want to get as much as that federal money as possible mm -hmm. to make sure that we can supplement our own budget, our right. own taxes and utility fees to uh, rebuild and infill build uh, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, uh, you know, we're talking about maintenance, we're talking about all these streets, we're talking about a very big pile of, of federal money that might help us maintain these streets. And I'm just wondering long term, how sustainable, in your opinion, is our infrastructure? Chattanooga has some areas of town that are quite sprawling. We've got roads that for long stretches, there's nothing on either side. There's no development, either housing or commercial or, or industrial, whatever. It's just right. green road. Right. Um, and so I'm wondering, what is the long-term implication of the amount of infrastructure we have? How do we pay for this maintenance? Especially, you know, this might not be the case, but we don't know. This pile of federal money might be a one-time deal. Maybe it'll happen again in 20 years, but right. we can't count on that. Well, you know, it's interesting is uh, you use the word sustainable and, and, and what comes to mind is environmentally sustainable, but economically sustainable, right. community sustainable. Um, and all of it kind of fits together. So being, uh, go back to my story, being an environmentalist since I was about 10 years old um, and knowing a little bit about um, public finance, um, there are fantastic opportunities right here in our community that people are taking advantage of, which is converting old industrial sites, abandoned industrial sites, into mixed-use, modern um, developments. Um, Nathan and I, you, you and I met uh, working together on the Bend development. That's right. Which is a premier example. I uh, had a, had a uh, meeting earlier today with another old um, used up industrial area mm -hmm. that they're looking for mixed use development. Mixed use being um, uh, housing of all types, whether it's uh, single family, um, condos, apartments, all types of things, and also commercial and also offices, uh, not so much industrial. Mm -hmm. um, but all together in the same project and uh it's a great opportunity to reduce sprawl mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity to clean up some of the browns brownfields there and it's a great opportunity to make the best use of infrastructure we already have right uh, including all of it utilities water wastewater electrical uh the streets um and that is the best possible thing. And that's, that's why you asked what attracted me to this area. This is a fantastic, a series of fantastic opportunities to do the right thing and um, make for more of a concentration of all the good stuff. Neighborhoods, entertainment, schools, uh, sense of community, um, and convert 
unused, uh, somewhat polluted land to better use mm-hmm. and do it in most efficient and economical and environmentally friendly way mm-hmm. using existing infrastructure. Yeah, and I'm glad you, you started by making that connection between the environmental sustainability and the, the economic sustainability. I was actually thinking, I realize now asking the question that sustainability does have this very kind of environmental uh, bent to it these days. It's, it's picked up that meaning in particular. Yeah. But I was actually asking the question in terms of, of economic sustainability. And so, you know, you've, you've addressed pretty well how both those things go together. And it's the same problem in a lot of cases. You know, absolutely. If, uh, in general, if we can save money, you're typically looking at ways that you're also saving resources. Right. And you're also looking at ways where you're also uh, relying on existing facilities and that's true in almost everything, mm-hmm. whether you're uh, doing space, space planning in an office building or driving a truck route. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you run a trucking company, uh, you reduce miles the best you can, you reduce your use of gasoline, mm-hmm. you reduce the cost, and you reduce the impact on the environment. Mm-hmm. All in one fell swoop just right. by picking better routes. And that's the type of thing in the redevelopment of, of um, the city of Chattanooga. We can do so many win-win-win-win-win mm-hmm. scenarios, uh, and it's fantastic. And, you know, starting at, as I mentioned, um, uh, Nathan and I, you and I met working on the Bend. That's a fantastic opportunity to uh, use neglected land. Land that once served a fantastic purpose during a, a more industrial period of the city, and now create a showcase that not only will be great home for businesses and and residents, but also be an attraction for right. the rest of the world to bring in more economic development. Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting process to see it come together. So we we've been talking a lot about roads seems to be kind of a a very core component of the Public Works Department. Um, And so I want to ask about the the transportation now division that used to be under the Burke administration. The the Chattanooga Department of Transportation was pulled out into its own department, operated somewhat independently, and now it has been pulled back under the umbrella of Public Works where it was 10 years ago. And I'm just curious, first of all, if you could give kind of a broad overview of how CDOT fits into this big picture. And then also just kind of get into how that reintegration process, how is that going? Yeah, um, in general, very well. You know, it's kind of funny because I think I mentioned earlier, you go to particularly county governments around the country and the public works department is roads and nothing but roads. Right. <laughs> and so here it was everything but roads. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think that the team has integrated so well that when I started about four months ago, I didn't even know that history. Oh, wow. I, I, yeah, it was one of those things that, okay, you know, my mind doesn't have time for that. So people reminded me. And then it didn't make a whole lot of sense and so people reminded me and then they finally said oh really how long ago? oh just a few months just a couple months before you started it was separate um, so 
I'm going to do a shout out, and then I'm going to do a couple more so no one feels neglected. We have this this, uh, this great fellow, Ben Taylor, who oversaw CDOT before and after I came here, and before and after it was, the CDOT was reintegrated. And uh, Ben has done a fantastic job of managing, and then, as you say, integrating back into um, Public Works. But having thrown out Ben's name, uh, great guy, working really hard for what's good for this community. I'll also mention Bill Payne, our city engineer, who's over a lot of the other departments as assistant administrator in public works. And Bill has worked here a long time, and he is a um, really fantastic guy, working hard to make sure things get done, mm. and, and has been for a long time and will continue to. And then Mark Heinzer, who is our uh, wastewater director and taking care of business in wastewater and, and, and steering Bill and Mark are both are both working together to steer us, steer us all through the consent decree program to make sure our wastewater system is properly rebuilt to make sure that um, we reduce the amount of untreated sewage mm-hmm. uh, entering the waterways. But um, yeah, CDOT is, is, is definitely part of the family now. I'm probably me working here is the latest change um, and we have a fantastic team of people a real hardcore uh, group of uh, managers uh, in our management team who are taking care of business and I'm very very happy because you know taking taking the position and then moving in from out of town don't always know what to expect uh, I took the job as I mentioned because I know um, Mayor Kelly and his administration are doing a great job, very serious about doing the right thing and, and moving forward. But then the, the surprise was after I met staff here to find out just how good they are. So if we fill all those vacancies, uh, there'll be no looking back. We'll have one of the very best public works departments anywhere. And all everyone who lives and works <coughs> or owns a business in the city, our community, I think we'll see um, the results of of that hard work and that great team. Great. I think that's a a really good place to kind of wrap it up. Is there anything else you'd like to add or explain about what's coming up in the Public Works Department? Um, Those are the big ones. You, 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 You asked the key questions as to what we're doing and where the major issues are. Um, we're going to get better and better and stronger. And Public Works is a lot of times uh, the unsung hero. Uh, And boy, I'm not complaining about that at all, but we support all the other initiatives. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the right role for us. So even when you you don't know, well, what does Public Works do aside from maybe fill potholes and pick up the garbage? We're supporting everything that's going on in the city. And this city uh, government is getting better and better and better. Um, I dare say if anybody has a suggestion or a complaint or, you know, a concern or a request for help, uh, call 311. Um, uh, that's a system that's getting more robust and more accurate. And we take a lot of our, our issues in that way. And if it's a bigger issue, feel free to call me directly. Um, and I'm easy to find. Just call the Public Works Administration office, and and I'll talk to everybody and anybody who 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 has a concern or has a suggestion, 
Um, and I and I and I will enjoy it. Great. Well, thank you for your time. Thank thank you, Nathan. I I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.